Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to episode two of Spoiler Season Ixalan. Uh, thanks for support from Flipside Gaming. Check them out at flipsidegaming.com and New England Comics, which you can find on Facebook. Uh, so Katie, we have quite a batch again uh, as we wrap up the last couple of spoilers from before official spoiler season started today, uh, in addition to today's spoilers. Yeah. So we're going to jump right in. Our first card is Walk the Plank. This is black, black for sorcery, destroy target, non-merfolk creature. Why do you Why do you think it can't kill merfish? Because um, the fish control the boats who are making you walk the plank. You think that's why? Oh, maybe because they can swim? Yeah, I think it's probably... Mm. I think both. Okay, okay. I mean, the, the merfish, uh, I think, are not, not pirates. So I don't think they, they uh, make you walk the plank. I think the pirates do that. But yeah. then the question becomes, why, why is it... The... Well, pirates could make each other walk the plank. Of course, but why would it be destroy target, non-merfolk, non-fish, non-serpent, you know, mm, non... Yeah, they should have named all sea creatures. All sea creatures, because it seems like this would not be highly effective. Even like, you know, you push a dragon off of a boat. Yeah, That's that doesn't be... seem like it should work. Yeah, I don't know. I have some questions about this. Well, Fatal Push, you know, has the same problem. Like, yeah. really pushing a dragon off a cliff is going to work. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Especially anything with flying, right? It's, yeah. 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 So, well, uh, this besides is... Besides that flavor problem. Then, uh, what do you think of the actual card? Black Black Sorcery for a... I mean, so the Black Black makes me think of it as a replacement for Grasp of Darkness. There are a few key differences. Sorcery speed is much, much worse. So true. Um, and destroy can be better or worse with with gods like Hazaret right now i think it's worse that it's not a minus effect and i don't know how important the non-merfolk clause is going to be if there are problematic merfolk obviously this is not not going to make it yeah i've been unimpressed and obviously it's it's early i've been unimpressed by the merfolk tribal stuff so i don't i don't know that like merfolk mm. is going to be a great tribe i think pirates looks like it might be able to get there yeah um but i agree with what you said i think the major downside is sorcery like i you know, if you look at control decks right now, they're playing, you know, pretty much the only sorcery they play um, is, uh, like, uh, the Ruinous Path, the new Ruinous Path. Never to return. Oh, sure, sure. Um, just because, like, that has such high utility. Um, but Black Blackford kill something most of the time, Gnanomer Folk, at sorcery speed seems a little bit weak. Yeah. Um, it is cheap. I mean, yeah. it's nice that it's cheap. I just, I hope we get another instant speed spell. Otherwise, um... We might be pushed more into into white because, like you said, this also doesn't hit gods, mm-hmm. um, and you know mainly Hazret being the problematic one. Yeah. Um, and we might want white for Casto. Yeah. Um, but and Scarab God, which I think we're gonna see plenty yeah, of. Yeah, I love Scarab God. Mm-hmm. What's next? We have uh, Unclaimed Territory. This is a land. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You can tap it for a colorless mana. You can also tap and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast a creature spell. Of the chosen type. Great. Supports tribal. Would run it in a tribal deck. Well, this is a... Yeah. This is a, a Cavern of Souls without the Encounterable Clause, right? Yeah. So this, I think, has some ramifications elsewhere as well, because I think that um, this is a great budget option for Cavern of Souls now, for mm. modern. Uh, I see a lot of posts as a Banta aficionado. I'm Banta Eldrazi fan. A fanchionado. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I... Uh, often see posts uh, asking like, "Oh, I can't afford caverns. Like, can I? Is there some other thing I can do?" And like, people are like, eh, "Ancient Ziggurat," but like, unclaimed territory is a really good option. And I'm excited for this because here's what I think, Katie. Okay. I think 
the best tribe host rotation is gods ah yes i think grixis gods is where we want to be so that's what i'm gonna use this for at least at first and we'll see how good it is okay so our next card is tishana's wayfinder this is green two for a two two merfolk scout when it enters the battlefield it explores and as a reminder that means you reveal a top card of your library put that card into your hand if it's a land otherwise put a plus one plus one counter on this creature then put the card back or put it into your graveyard okay you're not excited about this i'm not excited about this um three for three three is fine three it's a two two well i mean but it so it could be three for a three three or it could be three for a two two and get a land i like this a lot in limited i think this card is great this yeah. is fantastic. You okay. get to play it and like get find your way into another land, or you're paying three for a three three, which is like a very solid rate. It is nothing that is super exciting, but it's very solid. It's like a Harrier Nugget, right? Yeah. Which oh yeah. Just feels right really there. solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like if it's you know if you're trying to find a land um, and you reveal something that's not a land, you get to just chuck it, right? Uh, and then maybe that'll be that it takes you closer to a land. So I like this card a lot. Uh, three for a two two is like, you know, not great. It's not good. It's not terrible. Um, so I think that it provides enough upside when it comes in enough flexibility that uh, I, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Our next card is Prosperous Pirates. It's blue four for a three four human pirate. When it enters the battlefield, create two colorless treasure artifact tokens with sa- tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Hmm. Well, five for a three four is not a very good rate. Nope. Um, and the ability... Seems like you, it's weird because this is kind of like ramp, um, yeah. right? It's a little bit of color fixing, but like you're making two of them, it feels more like ramp, but it's odd because if you're at five and like you have a land to play, then I, I don't know what you're ramping to. I guess you could like play this and ramp to some dinosaurs, but the yeah. dinosaurs are I was kind of thinking already. dinosaurs and like, especially if the dinosaurs are sort of off color, the treasure's going to help you. Yeah. This is right. obviously unlimited, not oh, constructed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. not constructed, but like. It doesn't really fit with the aggro theme the pirates no, are going no. for. But if you're building a sort of like mid-rangey limited deck that has a top end of pirates, yeah. like it's a good enough blocker. It, it can certainly trade with stuff and stonewall some of the smaller things. Yeah, so. and it's probably nice to have some extra mana lying around. And we'll have to see to what degree pirates care about treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they, you know, to the degree that they do, this card will scale with that. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yep. Our next card is Sleek Schooner. This is three... For a 4-3 artifact vehicle, and it has crew one. Uh, I like it a lot in limited. Um, I think that, like, it's cheap. Um, you can, you know, crew it the turns it comes down to block. Mm-hmm. Uh, crew one means that, like, it'll always be live. Uh, it avoids all sorcery speed removal. This is, like, all the same stuff that we said about the Kaladesh vehicles, right? Um, this is nice because it's, like, slightly above rate. Three mana for a 4-3 is pretty solid um and as a vehicle you know we've talked already about the pros and cons of vehicles and we saw that play out in kaladesh limited it's not going to be as overpowered as something like um you know i didn't play a ton of the limited but the you know the the thing with trample that the, gets like, plus some counters Fre- yeah the renegade freighter and like yeah. there's one other one too that was really good um but this is still good like this is I a think good card. it's fine. I don't love the three toughness to be honest. It feels like it gets like one block or one attack, and that's kind you're of playing this. It. You can play this on turn three. Yeah, and they play Harrier Naga, and then you trade. I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like we already said, three mana for a three three is like a very solid rate. Three mana mm-hmm. for a four three must be better than that. But it's it's not quite. Why right? not? 
Because it's a vehicle. You have to crew it. But that, I mean, it's it cr- easy, anything easy crews to crew. It. it means that it doesn't die to as much removal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I like still it. like it. I just, like, I'm sad that it has three toughness. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be better if it was a 4-4 or a 3-4 even. Yeah. It would probably be preferable. But, we, you know, we haven't seen a ton of the commons on the commons yet, so we'll have to see kind of what the base rate for power is. And it maybe if maybe if it's two, then, uh, then this guy will look a little better. Mm-hmm. Next... We have Sun-Crowned Hunters. This is Red Red 4 for a 5-4 Dinosaur with Enrage. And it says, whenever Sun-Crowned Hunters is dealt damage, it deals 3 damage to target opponents. So um, this is this is kind of a neat card. It's kind of like a 5-4 you know, with a Flicked 3 in a way, yeah. where like if they block it, it's going to deal 3. And they'll probably only block it once and they'll kill it. But it does have synergy with, like, if you find a way to ping this, uh, then a repeatable, like, kind of free bolt is sweet. Um, and six mana for a 5-4 Unlimited is also a, a fine rate as well. Yeah. I'd probably play Unlimited. Yeah. You know, if you can make the double red work. Right, right, right. Something to always watch out for. Which treasure could help with. It could. It could. Uh, next is Deadeye Tormentor. This is Black 2. For a 2-2 human pirate with raid, when it enters the battlefield, if you attack the creature this turn, target opponent discards a card. Um, this this is something that, like, is very fine. Uh, card, like, you're, if you're playing this on turn three, um, your opponent in limited is going to get to just, you know, they're going to discard their worst card. And that's never a bad thing. Is like, you go up a little bit on cards, but I don't think card advantage, and we've talked about this in the past seasons, I don't think card advantage matters as much in limited as it does in constructed um, because the overall quality of the cards is less. And when, especially when you're giving the opponent the option to discard a card, when they probably have a you know five cards in hand, this is not going to be something that does a lot of damage. Plus, you need to have attacked. And like on turn three, you must have attacked with your two drop. So I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a great card, honestly. Um yeah, I agree, because especially if you don't get the Raid Clause and it's 3 for a 2-2, two, two, that's just a bad rate. Yeah, it's and bad. the Raid Clause is not so great. Agreed. But. Yeah, I, I would not pick this highly or, like, try to eagerly slot this into my deck. It is a pirate, so it fits with, like, the pirate's aggressive attacking raid, you know. I mean, yeah. of course it does raise the mechanic, but right. whatever. Next we have Queen's Bay Soldier. This is Black 1 for a 2-2 two, two Vampire Soldier. It's that, a bear. That's it. It's a bear. Bears are bears. Our bears. Yep. But it is a vampire, so, you know, if you're looking for that synergy, I would definitely pick one up. It's Totes. just solid in the two-drop slot. Totes. Next card is Unfriendly Fire. Oh, this what is... a clever twist. <laughs> it's not that clever. I, I was being facetious. <laughs> mm. uh, anyways, it is red four for an instant speed. Deal four damage to target creature or player. Like it. Yep. Pretty good. Pretty like, good. Absolutely plain limited. Yep. Um, pretty, you pretty get to... Big. Use this as a removal spell. You get mm-hmm. to use this to kill them mm-hmm. at the end. You get to use this to enrage your dinos if you really <laughs> want to do that. Um, so, you know, I think that's something to pay attention to. It's like these deal damage spells uh, pick up a little bit of extra utility if you have dinosaurs um, and lose a little bit of utility if you're playing against dinosaurs because I wouldn't want to deal four to a dinosaur and then die when they deal three to me. <laughs> oh, I bet that's going to happen. Someone at the pre-release is going to be at three life and be like, oh, I'm going to die to this dinosaur, and then they're going to kill it, and then they're going to take three, because they don't know what the card does. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to read the card, but um, it could happen. I might do it, just for the lols. Don't do it. I might. You wouldn't, anyway. Might. You're not going to play red if you can help it. Shh, so. please. I played red at, like, 
two, uh, three out of the four pre-releases last time, I think. I played like blue red, I played blue black splash red, and I played green red. And I might have played red in my last one too. In limited, I, I, I liked red in the last format in limited. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, next is Jace, Cunning Castaway. Now, let me just, you should really look this up. This is Jace at his finest, his physical peak. You can see that dark hair brushed off sideways making sure that nothing's blocking the sun from his eyes you can see his cloak torn up and you know kind of showing a little skin there he's got one glove on one glove off tantalizing you oh jace jace if you if you're a jace fan you'll be a fan of this this art because it's pretty suggestive what do you think katie i think he looks like a pirate climbing the rigging but yes okay all right well to each their own then uh so jace cunning castaways blue blue one for a legendary planeswalker jace with three loyalty so new legendary explicitly on the card uh plus one whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player this turn then you draw a card and discard a card minus two create a two two blue illusion creature token with when this creature becomes the target of a spell sacrifice it Note that it doesn't trigger on abilities. Minus five, create two tokens that are copies of Jace Cunning Castaway, except they're not legendary. So a couple things here. One, they changed the legend rule, uh, the Planeswalker rule. They did away with the Planeswalker uniqueness rule and kind of wrapped it into the legend rule. So now you can have multiple Jaces on the battlefield and multiple Gideons on the battlefield so long as they do not share a name. This means that in modern, my dream of playing Gideon of the Trials, Gideon Ally of Zendikar, and Gideon of Jorah in the same Esper control deck uh, will come true so i'm looking forward to doing that at like the last modern pbtq of the season uh and it also means that you can use this jace's alt to do things because otherwise this wouldn't really work <laughs> um so this jace is three mana traditionally three mana planeswalkers get undervalued at the beginning of the season and then end up being better than everyone thinks uh cases include liliana of the last hope um and Nissa, Voice of Zendikar. Uh, people both thought those were pretty bad. I think even when Liliana of the Veil came out, people were like, Kurt's terrible. And then, you know, it's uh, arguably the best Planeswalker in modern. So what do you think of the plus one? Let's look at the plus one on here. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, this turn, uh, draw a card, then discard a card. So one thing that occurs to me in contrast to other three mana Planeswalkers we have is the plus one does not protect himself. Yeah. Um, and in a blue deck, which is presumably some sort of control deck and doesn't necessarily have a lot of creatures out to protect him in the first place, that I think is a pretty big downside. Um, that said, you know, anticipating, oh, is it anticipating? No, it's just no, looting. You loot if, if a creature you control connects yeah, and you even if two creatures? connect, you only loot once. Yeah. I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, I so look at the most recent three minute plans walk like Nissa makes a plan, Gideon, Gideon nullifies a creature, nullifies. Liliana can often nullify or kill something. This Jace ticking up and doing nothing, I don't like it. And then it ticks it down to make a two two. Now, the downside of this, which whenever it becomes a target of a spell sack it, um, is not a downside, I don't think, because if they're it's become the target of a spell, your opponent is using a card to kill this. Right, so oh, like, it's not I, spell or yeah, ability. ability. Strictly so, spell. Exactly. So mm. I, I really, this is just ticked down to make a two-two. 
I, I have a hard time thinking this is going to be great. On turn yeah. three, you're going to minus two and make it two two. Uh, like, I mean, Gideon could zero. I mean, not fair. Yeah, to Gideon, Gideon for one Gideon more. Gideon was so good. Yeah, for but, one more mana could zero and make a two two. Yeah, that, that didn't have any. Didn't have rider. any. Yeah. So I, I think this 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 ability is a minus two to make a token is kind of weird, and then it's alt is like it feels like that's what you want to be doing. It feels like you really want to alt Jace, which is weird because typically when we evaluate Planeswalkers, we don't evaluate them in terms of their ultimate. We say, okay, how well do they provide value on taking up and taking down? But Jace really does feel like a Planeswalker where the plus one and minus two are really underwhelming and you're basically looking to alt him. He does alt two turns after he comes down. So on turn five, uh, you can alt Jace uh, so long as you take up, take up, and then minus five him. Um, and if you can do that, then I think Jace becomes more formidable because it means that if you do have creatures and they're connecting, uh, you'll get to loot multiple times a turn. Um, you're going to get to make multiple 2-2s. Two and if you can start chaining ults, then sweet. Um, and just, you know, ulting him and threatening the, uh, to start chaining ults a couple turns later means that your opponents are going to have to start pressuring uh, the Planeswalker copies instead of just uh, your life total. And you did mention that um, you know, in a control deck, you, we often think of blue as being the, uh, one of the control colors. Right. This Jace wouldn't be wanted, and I agree. Yeah, it doesn't he's make not any a, sense. I don't think he's a Planeswalker for a control deck. No. Um, I think he's a Planeswalker for something more like a Merfolk deck, which wants to, um, you know, the make attacking. a lot of bodies and make sure that they can't really attack through you. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get to kind of, you know, start chaining advantage. Um, I don't even know if he's good enough for that. Um, this is, I, I hope this isn't one of those cases where, where we say this card seems really bad and then it does come out to be good. I mean, um, he does look pretty underwhelming. I, I, I just, you know, they're 2-2 two, two illusions. They don't even copy anything. Like, they won't have synergy with, you can't, like, copy pirate type or merfolk type. Like No, but I think you want, I think you want ult him. Yeah, I know, take I up, know. Take up ult. But he's just, like, so underwhelming. But it even, doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. If you know, take up, take up cascades. ult and then have multiples... Like, then that's that's not bad. Uh, and that was for a three-mana investment. Still, I, I, I have a hard time imagining a deck that wants to spend its turn three playing this Jace. Um, but hey, at least the artwork is there. Mm. At least the artwork is there. Yeah, did I, did I hear an mmm? Mm. An mmm. Not, not that mm, kind of... Yummy. Yeah. No. Yeah, I thought I, thought I did. All right, so moving on to cards that are surprisingly more exciting than a Planeswalker. We have Militant Dinosaur. Tentatively translated by yes. Mythic Spoiler. This is a white-green 5 for a 4-6 dinosaur creature. And each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Cool. This is like that... Oh, uh, wait. Can I mention one more thing? Oh, about Jace? Yeah, I'm sure. sorry. We, I feel like it's uh, everyone's already talked about it. Like it's obligatory to mention that Jace goes infinite with doubling season. Oh, okay. Um, so if you have a doubling season now, play Jace. He comes in with six loyalty. You ult him right away, and you get two new Jaces with six, and you just all, 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 all Then you make infinite two twos, and then your opponent casts um, a board wipe, and you're kind of depressed. Uh, so <sighs> that but that happens. But you still have a lot of jaces you do have a lot of jaces then they can all tick up and give all of the not creatures you have looting mm -hmm. uh, i also go ultimate with oath of gideon plus jace plus uh chain veil as well so just a couple of obligatory things for the commander players out there who we definitely want to make sure we uh mention keep in the loop you know mm. so back to militant dinosaur this is uh 
that Duran the Siege Tower kind of card that assigns combat. There was one of those in Cons, wasn't there? Cons block. Yeah. That enchantment. It was an that enchantment. Yeah. These cards, I'm sure people will like them for Commander because it's redundant effects of Duran, uh, and it's in the same colors as Duran. So, see, I know some things about Commander. You can use it as color identity and all and that stuff. Mm. Um, in Standard, this is bad because, like, it's all expensive for a bad rate, and, like, I don't think its effect is so good that you're like, yes, now this turns my deck on and I can destroy my opponent. <laughs> Not really how that works. Um, in Limited, uh, I like it. It's basically a 6-6, right? Like... Yeah. That's strong. And then as long as you're playing... Like, all the other dinosaurs have similar power and toughness, so it's not going to really change much. This is basically a 7-mana 6-6 in limited, which is a good rate. Next, we have Deadeye Plunderers. That's going to be fun to say. Can you say that real quick? Plunderers. Plunderers. It works! Yes. (laughs) The pirate flavor is strong. This is a blue-black 3 for a 3-3 human pirate. Deadeye Plunderer... Gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control, and you can pay blue black two. Create a colorless artifact token named Treasure with tap, sack its artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So, Katie, what do you think of when you think of Dead Eye Plunderers? Well, this is that pirate that we were hoping would care about treasure. It care it does. It cares a little bit about treasure, yeah. It cares a lot about treasure. If you play the other thing, you get two pieces of treasure. You play this and it's a five-five. Every turn you can pay four. Make it six, six, seven, yeah. seven. I mean, it scales, you know? If you're just incidentally getting treasure, or if you have mana that you can sink, you can then make more mana to make more treasure. Yeah, it seems like a good mana sink. Yeah. Um, I like it if, if for a limited the late game. And especially if you're making out... Uh, like, just the, the issue with this, I think, is the base rate's bad. Like, five for a three, three is pretty pretty poor. Yes. Uh, I want to be able to, like, have a deck that is able to pretty consistently output treasure... Um, earlier on so that i can play this as a five mana five five yeah uh, or even a five mana four four is okay uh, and then in the late game i think this becomes much better because it's not unrealistic to end of turn you know make two treasure uh and then pump this by plus two plus two so that, that's pretty strong um i also think that this shouldn't be ignored for um standard uh mm. because grixis improvises a deck that's like been kind of close and if you're able to spam artifacts and maybe play something like um, inspiring statuary and improvise this out on turn like three and then you have like a turn three eight eight or something um that seems pretty strong too it is just a vanilla creature largely right. in that deck so like you know i, I don't know I mean, the other improvised creatures are probably better but uh i think like maybe you could look into playing it in that deck that's interesting cool next we have invite the party again tentative translation by mythicspoly.com uh, this is white black two sorcery create three one one white vampire creature tokens with lifelink. Seems what do you think? Pretty terrible. It does seem pretty terrible. I... Uh, the tribal <laughs> is there, I guess. I'm not so far inspired by these vampires. Like one one lifelink on the ground. Like mm-hmm. how are these ever going to get through? They're not going to gain you enough life to matter. And I haven't seen anything so far that's like, wow, I really need vampires because yeah. this tribal synergy is so strong. You can play Servo Exhibition and get two one ones without lifelink. You can play uh, the White Expertise and get three one ones and then cast a spell for free. Yeah, like not good. This just limited though. I like it. Like you're paying four mana for three one lifelink, and if you have any tribal, pretty good. Uh, it seems okay and limited. Yeah, I don't even really like it for limited, to be honest. No. I mean, like, I like bodies that matter. Make more bodies. Yeah, 
I do like things that make more bodies. I still just like, I think a lot of times there are better four drops than that. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's my guess. Haven't seen um, this next card is called Deathless Ancient. It is black, black four for a vampire knight. It is a four, four. It has flying and you can tap three and tap vampires you control such as the ones you made off of your token maker, mm. to return Deathless Ancient from your graveyard to your hand. What do you think in limited? Oh, well, I would play a 4-4 four, four flying. I mean, six is a little expensive, but it's a 4-4 four, four flying that you can potentially get back. Recursive, uh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, a card like this would make me more tempted to play the Ah, uh, there you go. There vampires. you go. You're getting real high on that uh, sorcery now. I would not go that there we far. Go. But... Katie, you're here to hear first. Katie thinks you should play... Every copy of the four mana sorcery that you get. Ooh. Every single copy. Putting words in my mouth. Our next card is Dire Fleet Captain. This is black red for 2 2. Orc pirate, not human for once. Mm. And uh, when it attacks, it gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each other attacking pirate. This is, this is aggro. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This thing is great because normally, or I should say, often on these cards, you see cards that pump their attack but not their toughness mm -hmm. um this card does not have that problem because uh, so those cards mean that it attacks once as like a five two and then you know they chump it with a two with two. two of their vampire tokens or that and then it dies and you're sad and it didn't do anything this card means if you're attacking with like you know two other pirates it's a four four and it becomes yeah. really hard to block a two mana two two as a base rate in an aggro deck is fine uh and then it's gonna be i think minimally i think you attack with one other pirate uh, and it's a three-three, and it's just it keeps scaling. I really like this card a lot in um in both constructed and limited. Yeah, I like it a lot. This really does force you though to go heavily into pirates, right? I mean, it doesn't force bit. you. It's still good. In limited base a little rate, bit. In limited. In constructed yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, because I, I like you said I think the base rate is okay, and if you have like a couple other pirates that you can play, then sweet, sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, it's like. A red black bear, which is yeah, yeah. You know. uh, and we ha have deep root waters next, which is blue two enchantment. Whenever you cast a merfolk spell, create a one one blue merfolk creature token with hexproof. Okay, hexproof is kind of funny to put on tokens. On a one one token, yeah. You really want to kill those one ones. I mean, usually not with my spells. <laughs> oh no, you want to spend a Vraska's contempt exiling that one one but then you're like dang it i can't because it has x proof <laughs> so uh i've heard a couple people say like modern merfolk bad don't do it this is a trap it, like <laughs> you don't it's not even a trap it's not good enough to be a trap like in modern um merfolk you don't want to spend your third turn not doing anything uh and additionally it has anti-synergy with ether vial uh you're gonna vial in most of your merfolks you're not mm -hmm. even gonna cast them and get them uh, the fish if you and like maybe you know as we get more merfolk, maybe there's a different build of merfolk in modern that could use this, but I'm like skeptical. I, I just don't think the card is good enough. In standard, uh, what do you think? I, I still don't think this makes it. Um, it's just, I don't think these one ones are going to have enough impact starting out on turn three. Okay. I can I, can I throw you an idea? Yeah. Saying, I don't think these one ones are going to have an impact on turn three. Enough. Enough impact on turn three is it's a little scary, given that we just had the uh, blue-white monument decks crushing it with a card that does almost the exact same thing. Yeah. It does reduce their cost a little bit. It reduces uh, the, the Ocadra's Monument reduces it by one. 
but if you had a blue-white deck that was heavy into blue merfolk um, and you could run a Catcher's Monument in Deep Root Waters, this is kind of like redundant effects of that. That's true. That, that's know. interesting. I mean, but this, I mean, it is more narrow because it's merfolk, not just any creature Oh, yeah, spell. yeah, definitely. And, like, we're getting so many board wipes now. We have that nice four mana white one that when they attack, you wipe. I don't think this. I don't think it cares though. Like you just spam more of them. Like board wipes. So that's true. Like, that's true. Right. Spirit and Addison are rotating, which is a little bit problematic for the uh, like the Catcher's Monument deck often got around board wipes like that. Yeah. But also like that deck just cascaded so much card advantage that you board wipe them and they just play all their stuff out again. Yeah. Um, the main problem was like it needed a Catcher's Monument. And now if you have this other three-man enchantment, which can, like, spam more one-ones, then you have a little bit of redundancy. Um, but I'm skeptical that you can fit this and Oketra's Monument in the same deck. I think it'd be cool if you could, but, like, Merfolk aren't white. Oketra's Monument wants white, and this wants Merfolk, so they're kind of at odds with each other. Um, but I think, like, depending on what kind of Lord effects we get, um, I think that you could definitely play this in Standard in a Tribal Merfolk deck. Um, it just depends on like what the rest of the tribe looks like, I think. Yeah. I would be on board if there are some lords. Yeah, because but once you have a one lord, yeah. it gets really out it of scales. control. Would you play it I with... mean, there's already the thing that uh, makes plus one plus one creatures with plus one plus one counters on them unblockable, right? So if you're able to put a plus one plus one counter on each of the hexproof merfolk, and now they're unblockable, then they're just dead. Play a mimic? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Play Mimic, right? That with Metallic Mimic already went up to like seven or eight dollars. Yeah. That those uh, hexproof Merfolk coming in as two twos with Metallic Mimic uh, is is really good. That's a good point. It's really strong. You can maybe throw in the uh, five mana artifact that we said wasn't good. Uh, that gives all your creatures plus one plus one of a certain tribe. Remember that. So maybe you maybe you build Merfolk as a super go wide deck where you just play this, you spam wide. You play Metallic Mimic, and then you play the Vanquisher's Helm, or whatever it's called, that uh, go pumps all of your creatures. And then you have 3-3 three, three Hexproof Murfish, which are much better. Those are real bodies. Those, not those... as real as Jace's body, but they're real. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, like, not as real as uh, but Gearhulk, yes. Yes, they are. That is true. I will give you that, that a 1-1 is not quite as good of a body as a gear hulk. Uh, that is the kind of expert analysis you come to spoiler season I'm for. just imagining it playing against green-black, which has fallen out of favor, but like, you know, they play Snake, they have a Rish car, maybe they have a Nissa. Oh, Nissa is rotating, huh? No plant tokens? No plants, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was like, they can go kind of wide, and then you have like... Green black, green black had a very hard time beating Oketra's Monument. And this deck, I think, is really similar, where you're just going really wide. Like, black green can't handle going wide. Like, it can fight... Its creatures are all bigger, and it can fight one-on-one. Yeah. But I don't think it can handle going wide. So, uh, what is our next card? Our next card is Twilight Legion Battleship. Which, it's a tentative translation. I think it's actually... Uh, Legion of Dusk battleship um, because that's the name of the actual Legion the Vampire Legion uh, that would make like that. more yeah. sense then yes uh, so this is a 5 mana 4-6 artifact vehicle and it has Vigilance and Crew 2 uh, I like it a lot in Limited I like Vigilance on vehicles yeah 5 is a, a bit much 
because like if without being a vehicle five for a four six is whatever attack on vigilance it gets significantly better Mm -hmm. um but crew two uh crew one is awesome uh crew two is better i'm sorry worse (laughs) a little bit um and i think this card is fine and limited um i would probably be happy to play one uh, especially if i'm lacking top end any deck can kind of stick this in um the fact that it's colorless actually is really does help you put this in any deck so i like it in limited um how about you agree won't make it into constructed oh, just wait mardu vehicles is getting gonna oh, get desperate no. mardu vehicles still has better things to do <laughs> our next card is pillar of genesis this is a two mana artifact and as it enters the battlefield choose a creature type you can tap add one mana of any color to your mana pool spend this only to cast a creature of the chosen type i told you human tribal wasn't going away I told you. This could work for virtually any tribe. No. It works for humans. And zombies. And merfolk. And pirates. Here's what I want. Here's what I actually want to use this for. So two mana mana rock we haven't gotten in a long time. Because Wizards is scared of mana. Yep. Um, I like this for gods again. Again. I think that being able to go turn four scarab god, turn five start reanimating stuff is really good i mean maybe nothing will be dead no you'll kill stuff by turn five you're a deck that wants to kill things. so i like the ability to ramp ramps out scarab scorpion uh locust i think grixis gods yo i'm playing that deck or i'm gonna try it kefnet kefnet's in there because card draw is good and i turn three kefnet great so i like it a lot um it seems to like the deck that will actually be most excited for this uh of the tribes will be dinosaurs, dinosaurs. yeah because this is a big. two mana yeah, it's a two mana ramp spell where yeah. most uh, most ramp decks have to pay three mana right now for this this effect. Um, though one thing to note is like you can't use the mana for anything else. So you can't use this to cast Hour of Promise, um, which I'm sure the deck will also want. So that's a slight downside, uh, but I think the upside is very much sufficiently high enough to to merit playing this if you're trying to ramp into dinos. Definitely. Yeah. Our next card is Kumena's omen speaker again rough translation it's green for a one one merfolk Ooh, strong uh wait there's more gets plus one plus one as long as you control another merfolk or island so it's green for a two two probably yeah i think in a merfolk dick this is basically just green for a two two um and that's a pretty strong pretty strong rate yeah um in modern this is where we start to get interested in splashing green into merfolk i think because mm. this card's like this card's very good this is a very good rate it's so cheap it's so it's so cheap the pump is free yeah it's um, incredibly easy to turn and on. like once you start getting here then and you're like okay we can splash green like maybe merfolk maybe there's a build of merfolk that operates as a company deck instead of an ether vial deck well, that would be um, and, yeah, I mean, if you're splashing green and get the company anyways, yeah, it's free. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if maybe there will be something that uh, that is looking for this in modern. Maybe a light green splash. It is a little tricky because, <laughs> despite being a mono blue deck, the uh, modern merfolk sometimes has issues with its mana base because it's running uh, four mutavolt, and it mm. does get those super awkward hands where it has, and all of its lords cost blue blue, so uh. it gets those hands with like mutavolt island, and then it you know doesn't draw another spell and ether vial does help there as well but like fish players can confirm that there are a man issues sometimes yeah. so splashing the so green, green means you might have to get rid of the muta vault um or maybe they just go 
go real aggressive. And if it's a real late splash, you can probably get away with just running some breeding pools and calling it a day. Bold. Cavern is uh, going to do some work there too, mm-hmm. right? So there you go. There you go. You could throw in that new, uh, the new land that helps you get other colors, right? Throw in cavern, throw in the new land. You could. You could. Uh, the new land, yeah. You have to be a little careful. Just make sure that you have enough, if you're going to run company, you need enough green sources, sure. real green sources right. to actually cast company. You can't rely just on cavern and unclaimed territory. Our next card is Infuriated Gladiator. Gladiodon. Wow, infuriated Gladiodon. That's crazy. What a weird name. It's a dinosaur. This is a green red three for a dinosaur. Really? I thought infuriated Gladiodon was a pirate. Hey, man. I just I just want to be clear with our listeners. Okay. It's a green green red three for a five five. Has trample. Has trample. Trample. Not Trample. Trample is much stronger than Trample. It has That's Trample. That's true. That's true. And what is its ability? When it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each other creature. Hey, wouldn't that help trigger enrage for all your dinosaur friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, in, I, in Limited, I think this card is fantastic, especially if you're in Dinosaurs. This is going to allow you to, post-combat, like, just kill stuff on the opponent's side trigger your own enrage and like do a lot of good things uh i'm a and five for a five five is a really solid rate i think this is an uncommon that i would pick pretty highly um, and might push me into red green or naya for for dinos because this card i think is is a house yeah i i totally agree the rate is really good trample i always love and limited it's a nice way to get through board yeah. stalls absolutely oh it has trample too this yeah. card is so good yeah so good i like it I like it. I'm sure Raif, our friend Raif, who loves big, bulky creatures, I'm sure he'll be a fan of this. Definitely. Yeah. Next, we have Marauding Looter. This is, I like that they, you know, it loots, and uh, they put Looter in the name as the slang. So I, I, I'm a fan. Marauding Looter. This is blue-red 2 for a 4-3 human pirate with raid. At the beginning of your end step, if you attack with a creature this turn, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card, a.k.a. you may loot. So uh, this is a this is a looter. I like this. Yep. I like that it's a repeated loot, and it's in pirates, and presumably you're Enemy swinging attacking. every turn. So you're looting every turn. This is really smoothing out your draws. I mean, four for four three is an okay rate. So yeah, I'm gonna be really curious to see how able we are to play three colors in this limited format. Hmm. I think we're gonna need a cycle of uncommon dual lands. Okay, just in like addition to, to our common lands. ones. We have common dual lands. Wait, oh, they're rare. They're rare? Oh, yeah, they're they're rare. Yeah. Okay. No, I think we need, like, just the uh, come into play tap lands, that cycle they printed in, like, Fate Reforged, because pirates and dinosaurs, like, th- there's a decent number of gold cards, and not, and being able to only play, like, two colors seems like it might be rough, and it seems like you kind of want to play all three. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. It rewards you for doing what the tribe wants to do, and looting is nice. Uh, it feels good if you can trigger this repeatedly. Um, it's a little weird because if you can trigger it repeatedly, you're ahead and you don't need looting as much. Mm. It's certainly nice to stay ahead, uh, but this isn't a card that really catches you up from behind. And it does have that uh, four mana for a four three, and that three toughness we know is, is typically a little bit weak on a four drop. So yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm super high on this, uh, but maybe it'll play out a little bit differently than I expect. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think it's fine. I also, like, I really like the art style of it. It kind of looks more drawing 
it's it's sort of different from a lot of the other art. Yeah, it looks actually looks like a painting. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Too. Yeah, I like it too. I like it too. Our next card is B- Bellowing Aegisaur. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Aegisaur. I I think Aegisaur. Aegisaur. Well, yeah. Well, you you do you. Uh. Anyways, he's a white five for a three five Dino. And he has Enrage, and when he's dealt damage, put a 1-1 counter on each other creature you control. Oh, so good. That's lovely. This is such a good Enrage. You get to, uh, like, oh my gosh. I mean, so yeah. 6 for 3-5 is, like, not a great base rate. It's... Okay, can I, can I just point out what yeah. everyone is thinking? What? This goes infinite with Walking Ballista. Oh. And if you have one other creature, you get an infinite power creature. You just shoot it. Oh, no, you don't. Here's what you need. The third piece. The third piece. Oh, I forgot this to mention can't, something. This will die to walk. Right, I forgot to mention. Because it doesn't pump himself. Yeah, you need to be able to put something on this that prevents, uh, that, like, makes it so uh, it doesn't die. You know, right, right. give it indestructible. If you can give it indestructible. Oh, wait. That prevents... Prevents, prevents it from being... I don't know. It feels like there's... Indestructible do doesn't present, prevent damage it prevents lethal damage lethal damage yeah so that wouldn't work because oh because once it hits lethal yeah i guess you just like i guess you just i don't know you can only trigger it four times in one turn no i'm sure there's a combo commander players out there you guys know there's a combo with this um (laughs) but still like this is still really good with walking ballista being able to do you know for free every turn uh both your turn and your opponent's turn give your creatures plus four plus four permanently is super strong uh, honestly, I don't think you'll see playing standard because no. six mana for three five is terrible bad, uh, and I would not play that. So uh, in limited though, it's really good. I really like it in limited. Yeah, really, I would play really, it. Really, really good. I still feel like sometimes you'll get this card in limited, and you'll just feel really frustrated because this six drop is going to lose to a lot of other six drops. Like, yeah, it is I don't know. So the block's okay. It's not that small. It has a butt. I mean, yeah, it's just it dies to like five drops that have more power than it has toughness and uh that is true it dies to all cards that have more power than it has toughness five drops six drops two drops and no matter what it is it will die to something with more power regardless i think that it's reasonable for its rate because it it just wants to sit there and block stuff um and maybe get an attack and the attacks are going to be uh you know if you can control their board a little bit maybe they can't kill it uh, i i like it i like it it is expensive though like you know it is pretty expensive Next, we have Sentinel Totem. This is one mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, scry one, and you can tap it, exile Sentinel Totem, exile all cards from all graveyards. Wow. Wizards was really hedging its bet against, like, Aftermath and Eternalize cards here. Clearly, they are horrified of the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I really like the fact that this card exists. Uh, even, like, we already have Crook of Condemnation. Yeah, and uh, what's the exile land? Um... Scavenger Grounds. Scavenger Grounds. Yeah. We already have the... I mean, the big difference, though, is, like, Sentinel Totem costs a one-time uh, one mana, mm-hmm. and it scries one, which is, like, it doesn't quite draw you a card, but it draws you, like, half a card. A scry is usually about half a card. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty sweet, and then it doesn't cost mana to activate. You can activate instant speed, so, like, you don't have to hold one up for Crook. Um, you don't have to hold three up for Scavenger Grounds, two plus the Scavenger. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a fan. Yeah, actually I'm being harsh too because this can be an answer to gods if you are able to kill a god and get it off the battlefield 
and you can uh, exile the graveyard before it comes back. Yeah. I think it depends, like, what you want it for, because I'd rather have Crook when I'm playing against, like, Scarab God, because then, you know, I can fight over, depending on how much mana they have, I can fight over Scarab Gods trying to return stuff, mm -hmm. um, or, like, Reanimator, I can fight against that. Uh, but, you know, if you want to just clear the graveyard, this is the, probably going to be the best way to do it. Um, it's a little awkward because, like, right now, the decks that you want Graveyard Hate against, mainly Godfarrow's Gift and Scarab God, even if you clear the Graveyard, they're really good at filling up their Graveyard again. Right. It's not um, enough. Yeah, but if all you're interested in, clearing the Graveyard, Sentinel Totem is for you. <laughs> uh, I think it's the, the best card for what it does in Standard. Yeah. Our next card is Ixalan's Binding. This is white three for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until until Exelon's Binding leaves the battlefield. Your opponent can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. Cool art. Cool flavor with the whole Planeswalkers can't Planeswalk out of Exelon. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably won't see play over Castout. Because Castout has cycling and has flash? Yes. Because of those two things, which are just, like, incredibly invaluable. So you don't think the redundancy of, like, they can't cast spells with the same name is worthwhile? No. No, I mean, honestly, this is a card I'd want now to play on Worldbreaker. Oh, gosh. Or, or like, Ulamog, mainly Worldbreaker. Uh, but once Worldbreaker rotates, like, we have to see if there's anything that's, like, truly awful when you cast it. I just don't think there is. Like, um, I... I can't think about it it just feels like uh you'd rather just yeah like what it, once it hits the floor the upside of like maybe they have another copy of the same name that you stranded their hand versus the upside of cycling and flash with cast out just it just doesn't feel as good okay and we have another planeswalker katie yeah this is Watley warrior poet uh she is white, red, three for a three loyalty planeswalker. A legendary planeswalker. Legendary in fact. planeswalker. Uh, plus two, you gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Zero for create a three three green dinosaur creature token with trample, or minus X deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Uh, creatures dealt damage this way can't block this turn. Okay. I like, I, I, uh, what do you think? What do you think? Let me get your thoughts first. Yeah, well, um, I mean, so at five mana, you definitely expect her or really want her to be very strong because she's coming down pretty late. I really like her. I think her zero is pretty good protection. A three, three with trample is nice, and there are various ways to pump. Like, that can certainly get through for some damage. It's a nice way for her to protect herself. Um, I like her minus X. It's super flexible, right? You can, um, clear the way for you to swing for lethal, uh, maybe take out some of their X1s on the other side of the board. If you have dinosaurs with Enrage, yeah. you can trigger your own Enrage. Um, and yeah, I just, I really like the minus X because you could do it the turn it comes down. At, I think that feels a little bit bad, right? Five mana for like deal three damage distributed. But um, you could do it the turn it comes down if that's what you need. Or you can tick up, tick up, tick up and like, do it at any point for whatever is like right on that turn. So what I think is appealing to me about this is its flexibility. Um, mm -hmm. It does so many different things, and it feels like this is a card. I don't. You don't want to have like four of these, or even three might be too many. I think like two is might be the right number. Uh, and I say this, you know, with zero 
testing whatsoever. <laughs> but it feels like you want her in a red-white mid-range deck, almost like the um, deck back in Theros with, like, Bramaz and Stormbreath and, you know, that deck. It was just playing, like, solid white and red creatures, and it had some removal and whatever. Because in, if you're in a board stall, you get to just spam 3-3s. Three yeah. Uh, or if you're, like kind of board stall but like slightly behind and you're a little afraid your opponent might be able to kill you with like a well time removal spell and a all-out attack or something and a pump the ability to just tick up and gain a bunch of life every turn if you have you know a three three out uh is also it's it's very good i know life gain is not like a reason to do something but life gain stable as an option, then it gives it plus two as well. It means that this card has the potential to gain you an enormous amount of life. Because yeah. if your opponent is saying, oh no, uh, my opponent is gaining a bunch of life and putting this game out of reach, I need to kill Hwatli. Well, unfortunately, Hwatli is going plus two-ing to give you life every turn. And every time they attack Hwatli, they're not attacking you, which means she's gaining even more life. So I think that defensively... Uh, this is really good. But then the minus X is incredible for offense, where you just play it and win. Uh, if you have a substantial enough board, you can just stop them from blocking. Um, or you can kill stuff. Um, yeah, I it, think you have a nice point of, like, she can be good defensively or offensively. So if yeah. you're at parity, a little behind, a little bit ahead, like maybe not quite able to finish it out. Yeah, the plus two is defensive. The zero is either. And the minus X is offensive. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think rarely defensive, I think. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I like it. I just think she needs the right shell. Like you can't just put yeah. this in any red, white deck. No. Um, I mean, I think she wants to be in a Naya dinosaur. I think there are probably good enough I dinosaurs. I don't know. No. Because I feel like Naya dinosaurs is a ramp deck. Mm. I don't think you want she to play a go in that. <laughs> three loyalty, five mana planeswalker in a ramp deck, which is something to note. Like if, uh, the, the, her, the downside, we've talked about the upside of her. The downside of her is if you play, you can't play her onto an empty board. You can't mm. play her onto even like if they have one creature, it's pretty bad for you. Um, <laughs> like whereas Ob could come down and kill something, um, she can't. Uh, she's gonna make a three three. They can kill it and then kill her, and you, you've uh, not done a whole lot, um, or just kill the creature and then kill you. So I, I think she's good when you if you can like um, if you can reliably clog up the board and, and put out a good amount of creatures, uh, which. Is also kind of true with any planeswalker, uh, <laughs> so maybe she's not that good because she's not good from behind. Um, yeah. So it's gonna we're gonna have to see. It's gonna depend on on her finding the right shell. She's a I think a very shell specific planeswalker versus someone like uh, you know Gideon Ally, which you just put in white deck. <laughs> Literally because, any white deck because yeah. he's so good. And I know it's not quite fair because like Gideon Ally is a busted magic card, but uh, you know Jason Ravler you could put in you know put in um, every blue. Not every blue, oh, wait, but like as a one of, yeah, like a lot of blue decks sideboarded him as a one of. Uh, Chandra Flamecaller and Teamer deck side as a one of. Control deck sometimes side as a one. Of. So like these kind of high power planeswalkers that are good if you're behind or ahead. Whereas Watley is only good if you're at parity or ahead. Um, but in those cases, it feels like she's quite good. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're losing Nahiri, so she'll be the Not only. Not that Nahiri saw a lot of play. No, I'm saying she'll be the only white-red planeswalker oh, okay. in the standard. Sure, so they can't go together. Yeah, yeah. And Nahiri saw a decent amount of play. She's pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. I think I think she's pretty powerful. Just, like, she didn't really have, like, a consistent home shell. Like, she hasn't been... She's pretty good in Mardu. Yeah. Out of the sideboard, like, they regularly side into Nahiri. 
And I mean, Nahiri's strength, right? Just like having so much loyalty, being able to yeah. answer anything and looting and just making your draws so much better. Yeah. Um, and I think actually, you know, like the artifact exile and um, enchantments too. Enchantment yeah. really did start to come up with Kaladesh coming out and everything. So yeah, yeah she definitely had some, some playability. We'll miss you, Nahiri. Our next card is Awakening Sun's Avatar. This is white, 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 five. For a 7-7 dinosaur avatar, when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, destroy all nine di- dinosaur creatures. Yeah. This is uh, this is great for the ramp decks um, because like the typical problem that you can have in ramp is you ramp into your target, play it, and then lose when they attack you. Because they're uh, already too wide. Yeah, because you're already too wide. You've lost too much life. Um, Ulamog and Worldbreaker help this, this because they can... Um, you know, put you further. Ulamog will exile two of their attackers. Worldbreaker, you know, blocks really well, comes back from the graveyard, and kind of shuts them down on mana. This card is what you want. This is the card that you want when you uh, you ramp, cast it, kill everything, and now you're fine. Because you just play more dinosaurs, and your opponent can't compete. Uh, one thing that I think is a little bit demanding is uh, the triple white. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to make sure you build the mana base well, but I don't think it'll be that much of a problem because you still have... Um, not Weirding Wood, but the one that gives you three life when you enchant. Gift of Paradise. Mm. Um, that's still in the format. Plus, you have the two-mana rock we talked about earlier that makes any color of mana. And you have the Hour of Promise. So it feels like the fixing is going to be really good for a ramp decks. 7-7 seven, seven is a good body. 8 mana is reasonable. Um, in a ramp deck. <laughs> yeah, in a ramp deck. It's, it is a little bit more than Worldbreaker was. Like, you might not be able to cast this until turn 6. Uh or turn five, maybe, if you go one, three, I don't know. You can figure it out. But it, you cast it a little bit later than Worldbreaker. Um, but its effect is so good. So yeah. good. No, it seems really, really powerful. And I think, like, dinosaurs aren't going to be thrown willy-nilly into every deck. So this really is probably just a board wipe. Right. Um, one thing I like is, whereas Ramp in this format was kind of... <laughs> very favored against control because of Ulmog and Rollbreaker. Uh, without cast triggers and with the ability to exile lands, um, this new Dinosaur Ramp deck doesn't seem that great against control. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Uh, our next card is Deadeye Quartermaster. This is blue three for a 2-2 human pirate. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment or a vehicle card and put it into your hand. If you do, shuffle your library. Ugh. I mean, so my first instinct is... Ugh, is your first reaction? All right. Four for a 2-2, two, two, and it's a pirate, so it's supposed to be an aggressive deck, is, like, not a good base rate. I understand that it's this a body, and it's just meant to be a It's basically Stoneforge Mystic. No. Listen. I think you cannot look at... So, this card is a pirate. It does not go in the pirate deck. No. Definitely. So, I, I don't think you should at all um, evaluate it in terms of... this going to go in a dinosaur deck? Dinosaurs? Oh, what? wait, wait. No, no, no. Sorry. Equipment... Equipment or vehicle. This is this goes in like the improvised deck. This goes in like the uh, Esper vehicles deck. This goes in like uh, the artifact decks. This isn't a pirate. It's not a tribal thing. It doesn't matter. It's just a good card. This is a four like it produces. Yeah, four mana for two two is not fantastic. If you want a three drop specifically, trophy mage is going to be better usually. Um, but th- this card is good. This card will get you heart of Kieran. Uh, we'll see. There might be really good equipment. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if there was. I mean. They're pirates. They like swords and stuff. Um, so I think the card has the potential to be pretty strong um, and be able to get any equipment or vehicle um, could be good. Basically, I, unless you see another vehicle, it basically says any equipment or heart of Kieran. 
Um, <laughs> or I guess either Sphere Harvester. But if you really want either Sphere Harvester, I think you're playing Trophy Mage. So uh, it comes down to whether we see uh, equipment. Yeah. Good equipment. I mean, if you're not looking for a very specific equipment or vehicle, wouldn't you rather just play like Crane because it's like cheaper, you get it earlier, and like you up your odds of finding the card that you're looking what, for? And you... If you just have a big artifact deck and you're just like looking for a critical mass of artifacts, yes, you just probably play Glintness Crane. But if you're like a deck that has a, if, like, they were not going to reprint the swords, but let's say hypothetically they reprint the swords. If you want a sword, like you right. would play Obviously Dead Eye Quartermaster. Yeah, because yeah, you want to um, get that specific. But there has to be something like, I don't think there's anything right now. Heart of Kieran. You really think this is worth running to grab a Heart of Kieran? I don't know. This, I mean, I can see this, it, not just Heart of Kieran. Maybe now, uh, with the increased density of artifacts, maybe Grixis Improvised becomes a deck. Then this will get you uh, something else that you want in Grixis Improvised. I don't know. Uh, but, I don't know. I think it should not be written off right away. I do not think that this card is going to be a powerhouse staple in standard. <laughs> but I think if uh, this card will be very good in a shell that wants it, that shell might not materialize. Uh, but I like that it can, it be, like like I said multiple times, it hinges on there being a right. good equipment. It's a role player. It. It's a it's good at its role. If there is a good equipment, or that is a good, not three mana. That is not three mana or another really good vehicle. Then yes, this is great. I don't see it now, and I'm not sure it's going to be printed. But we'll see. Okay. Stay positive. Okay. Go on, Dead Eye Quartermaster. Next we have. Primal Amulet. This is four mana artifact. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Primal Amulet. Then, if there are four or more charge counters on it, you may remove those counters and transform it. What does it transform into, Katie? It transforms into Primal Wellspring. This is a land. You can tap add one mana of any color to mana pool when that mana is spent to cast an instant or sorcery. Copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copy. This card, I think, is very uh, tricky to evaluate because the front side of it is a Jace's Sanctum, a colorless Jace's Sanctum. And Jace's Sanctum saw almost zero play in the format it was in. It saw, I think, a tiny, tiny bit uh, in like an Engulf the Shores deck or something. I forget. But it saw a tiny bit of play. Whereas the other side is a rainbow land, which is sweet, and it's stapled onto a Pyromancer's Goggles, which did see play in its format. It was actually very, very strong at the very end of its format. And the crazy thing is that uh, Goggles would only replicate red spells, right? Right. Whereas uh, Wellspring, I think it only replicated red spells, right? Yeah, it did. Um, Whereas Wellspring would replicate any spell. So I think that... Um, this card is worth testing in control decks. It's going to like come down to how much pressure the decks are under. Mm-hmm. Because if you can like afford to tap out on turn 4 for this, uh, or turn 5 and like leave up a counter spell or removal spell, since your instants and sorceries cost one less, so you can still leave up like Fatal Push Negator Essence Scatter if you play it on 5, um, then you'll be able to flip this. But... You're going to flip it kind of slowly, right? Because it requires four shard counters. Sure. You need to cast four spells. Yeah. Uh, And if you're casting four spells, you're probably into the late game at this point. Yeah. And if you're in the late game, you're probably going to win because you're a control deck. And you're still alive. And you're still alive. (laughs) So 
this certainly like completely shuts the door altogether on your opponent winning but i think that uh like as someone who often plays control decks i don't think i'm going to play it i don't think it's going to be great in a control deck it might be good uh if some kind of blue red spells archetype establishes itself and you just want to kind of go off in a flurry of burn spells then it's sweet because you get to cast a bunch of burn spells early flip it super fast and then like double all your burn spells when you're running out of cards and want the additional cards so in that kind of shell it seems really good i i'm just not convinced that uh as a control player i can tap forward to tap out on turn four or like riskily turn five when i probably want to cast a sweeper um and then have to get to the late game in order to make the card even better whereas in the late game i'm already gonna win yeah I mean, and, like, further thinking about comparing it to Pyromancer's Goggles, Pyromancer's Goggles cost five. You could use it the turn it came down, and it made mana. Yeah. So, in a way, it also reduced the cost of instants and sorceries. Um, And, again, you could start using it turn five, and it just started burning this. Like, you're right, it could take a while. When you think about Thing in the Ice, and it has four charge counters... Right? It can take a while to get those off. Yeah. And that comes down on turn two. Yeah. So, I don't know. I still think it's really interesting because, again, the backside is really powerful. But um, I, I think, like, cannot overemphasize how slow this looks. Yeah. It looks really, really slow. Very slow. Uh, only other thing to note is that uh, you don't have to flip it. You may remove the counters and transform it. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you want to keep, you know, flurrying spells, you're welcome to do that. Uh, next card is Shapers of Nature. This is blue-green one. Uh, it's an uncommon 3-3 Merfolk Shaman. Uh, you can pay green three to put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. And you can pay blue two and remove a plus one plus one counter from a creature you control to draw a card. Well, I love this in Limited. Oh, yeah. Three for 3-3, three, three, excellent base rate. And then it has two mana sinks, so you have, like, options. This, this is awesome. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, the Simic Guild, because uh, Simic often played with plus one plus one counters, uh, adding them on, taking them off, and getting an advantage. Uh, and yeah, what you said in limited three for a three three is a really solid rate, as we said before, and it's a fantastic mana sink late. Um, and the Merfolk is the tribe that care. Uh, Merfolk is the tribe that cares about plus one plus one counters, which means that you probably have some to remove to draw cards if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can just pump all your men into it and pump your creatures and attack. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to pump itself, right? You can pump other creatures you control. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I I like this card a ton in limited. Yeah, I think this is a, a, a you know a decently high pick depending on how good the rest of the Merfolk tribe is because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even if you're not in Murpho, you're just in blue-green. Though oh, I, yeah. I imagine I you'll still... probably end up in Murpho. Right, if you are but... in blue-green. But, yeah. yeah. Next, we have the card that will push Modern Merfolk <laughs> over the edge into Tier 1 status. This is Headwater Sentries. Blue, three for a 2-5 Merfolk Warrior. Katie, what do you think? It, it It is a creature. Can you tell me anything more? It has a lot it. of flavor text because there are That's no right. abilities That's or right. keywords. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it, five toughness. Five toughness. This thing can block Thought Not Seer. Wow. That yes. is a benefit. It Yes. Uh, just as long as your opponent doesn't have Noble Hierarch. Oh, no. If they oh, no. do, then it can block Eldrazi Displacer. Though it can be blinked, blinked. by it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was blunk. It could be blunk <laughs> by it. That would be fun. Uh, yeah, card is pretty bad. Uh, in limited, if you are very defensive, sure. then I can maybe justify playing this, but it's pretty bad. Next, we have quite a notable reprint. We have the Return of Lightning Strike. If you don't know what this card does, 
It is red one for an instant that deals three damage to our creature or player. Let's see, let's hear your thoughts. Very nice. I mean, this is our again flexibility. Three damage creature or player. Three damage will kill a lot of stuff. Definitely run it in limited. I think it will see constructive play. Oh, it makes me so. Uh, you know, like ramen up red is losing incendiary flow, which is a sorcery speed deal three to a creature. And now they get lightning strike, which is an instant speed deal damage to a creature. Oh, and sorry, flow also dealt damage to a player as a possibility, but it was a sorcery. Did exile the creature. Often not the most relevant thing in the world. But making Matter this an to instant- me as a zombies player. Fine, whatever. Zombies are gone anyways. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're very sad about that. Um, but lightning strike being an instant is super sweet. Um, so that's cool. Uh, in non ramen up red decks, uh, it is competing with a braid and harness lightning. Mm. So, like I think, like you know, teamer, they're both just going to be better usually. Yeah. Because the ability to hit a player is not super important in decks that aren't trying to like aren't super concerned about the opponent's life total. Like teamer energy is going to beat you not because they are dwindling your life super fast. Sometimes, well, yeah, not really. Like, they're going to beat you because, A, they have a long tusk cub that you can't answer, or B, because they go into the late game, beat you in card advantage, all their creatures are bigger and kill your stuff, and they'll eventually win. Um, and a braid... And three damage here or there, like, doesn't exactly, matter. And exactly. a braid's ability to deal with Godfather's Gift, gift. or, like, yeah. I don't know, gear other, other gear hulks. Mainly those two things, yeah. So it's funny, because we've, we've said we want Lightning Strike back for so long, uh, and now that it's back, uh, I think Rum and Up Red will love it. Um, and while we have Harness Lightning and Energy Shell, I think Harness Lightning is usually going to be better, uh, and a Braid is the same, I think, also going to be better, typically. We'll see. Still, great reprint. Absolutely. Next card is Siren. I like the old art better, though. This oh, I looks don't like know a, the old art. Um, I'll show you later, but this is just like, it looks like a little bit of electricity coming down. It doesn't look like a lightning strike. It's striking a pirate! No, but uh, here, I'm going to pull it up right now lightning strike and you're gonna tell me which art you like better katie because i'm pretty sure that like our viewers remember viewers with their ears this is just a bunch of pictures (laughs) of lightning yes i need to type in (laughs) mtg to make it come up here we go oh i do know this art yeah m15 and theros were the sets that it was in Oh, that's pretty good. It's so much better. Kyrnos is like shooting lightning down. Yeah, that's pretty epic. I mean, I still like this art. It's very appropriate for the pirates. It just doesn't look like a lightning strike. It looks to me like it's a little bit of electricity that someone cut a cable somewhere and uh, got zapped. Yeah, I I mean, I don't mind it. I like the other one better, but I I still like this. Okay. Next card is Siren Storm Tamer. (laughs) Tamer, I meant. This is blue for a 1-1 flying siren pirate wizard you can pay blue and sacrifice it it's a counter target spell or ability that targets you or a creature you control so this feels a little bit like mausoleum wanderer except that you have to pay to sacrifice it and it cannot get bigger yep Um, but it hard counters anything that targets you or a, a thing you control right right yeah i i don't i don't no. I, I like it a lot. I, I think it's cool. These cards always end up seeing play. Uh, Mausoleum Wanderers sees saw play in, um, what's it called? Godfrey's Gift and saw play in... Well, partially just because it was Yeah, just because it can die in its second self. Um, but it saw play in, in something else in Standard. Oh, Spirits for a while when that well, was Standard yeah. deck. Um, and then the other one, 
the Azurius one that the bird that flew and could sack to counter something as well also saw play. Uh, these cards always end up finding their way into Extracted just because like the rate is so good and it kind of screws up your opponent opponent's plans. Um, even just like if it's a sideboard card or something. Uh, and it's a flyer, so like they're able to get in and peck for a little bit of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I I can imagine this, you know, taking Mausoleum Wanderer's place to some degree in Godfarah's gift. Um, so I I like it. I think it's a, a pretty decent card and it might have a, a role in standard. Okay. And limited too, it's it's nice. Like if you're in a pirate's deck, I'd play this. Blue for a just beat down, attack every turn with a one one in the air. Do they really want to waste a removal spell on a one one? Uh, yeah. flying until they play their own flying creature or reach creature um, yeah. this is going to probably be blue for like three damage which is a blue bolt and then mm-hmm. maybe you can trade it off for some value so right I like and it. they are going to have to deal with it before like if they have a bomb right they're going to have to deal with this before they play their bomb yeah they have to kill this before the other thing so oh well it has to target yeah but yeah yeah uh our final card of the evening is drover of the mighty this is green one for a one one human dryad Druid. Human tribal. <laughs> and it gets plus two plus two as long as you control a dinosaur. Uh, you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Cool. Yeah. Mana uh, dork. Um, I'm not sure how hard it's going to be to turn on and make it a 3-3. Three, three. It'd be lovely if it's a 3-3. Three, three. Um, but, you know, it's a two, two mana dork, two cost mana dork, which is expected. Whether this card sees play in standard, I definitely like this in limited it's yeah. sweet mana oh, dorks yeah. are always good two mana mana dorks in um constructed it's just going to depend on the metagame uh if we see things like walking ballista seeing a lot of play Oof. uh then you just play the druid of the cowl druid of the cowl which is the green one for a one three that taps for a green um if there are not a lot of ways to just deal one damage or if there's no card that like could kill this and couldn't kill a one three uh, i think this card sees play over the one three because uh i think you play this in the dinosaur ramp deck yeah and th- that's the card that wants it right otherwise like team energy is still going they to play servant of conduit <laughs> uh chandler initiate is also a, a great a great option mm-hmm. so this is this is i think for the dinosaur ramp deck uh so long as the metagame conditions are right uh, and yep. it's going to depend because it, in this format we the ramp decks didn't even run creatures for a ramp uh until post board because of the removal, and they'd rather just play enchantments. So, mm. yeah, it'll be meta-dependent, but uh, in the right metagame, then this card is a, a pretty good mana dork. And I think that takes us to the end of our large, large cache of spoilers for today. Yeah. Exciting. Pirates are looking good. I think they're looking looking fine. Uh, I'm a little underwhelmed by Jace. Uh, I am whelmed <laughs> by Hwatli. Seems like a role player. I'm excited for Vraska. I'm hoping Vraska is like the good planeswalker of the set. <laughs> um, I'm happy to see Lightning Strike back. I think we're getting some cool creatures. I think Limited looks looks fun so far. It looks like there's some different strategies you can play. Some yep. decent diversity. And you're very excited for God Grixis God Tribal. That's right. In Standard, I'm I'm every time they print a Tribal card, people are like pirates and merfolks and oh my. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, show me the gods. Let's go. So that's what I am hyped for. Uh, And that's all. So we'll be back tomorrow with more spoiler season, uh, the most recent latest and greatest spoilers. Once again, thanks to New England Comics. Check them out on uh, Facebook, uh, New England Comics Coolidge. And 
Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. And with that, I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler Spoiler Season. Season.